This is the sound of the Killer Keller beatbox body part sample pack. Over 120 loops, samples, and one shots for your music production. Exclusively on Splice. AG Dentistry. In my line of work, not only does what I do with the mouth get reviewed, it's also my instrument. And it's beyond important to me that my teeth get the professional service they deserve. The AG family provide expert dentistry, whether it's NHS or cosmetic. They're the finest in London. Head over to agdentistry.co.uk for more information on treatments and prices. Tell them Killer Keller sent you, okay? Killer Keller. Killer Keller official.com. Beatbox created. Killer Keller. And we need to talk about world music and street culture. Killer Keller podcast. <laughs> not quite as good. I'll tell you what, though, I mean, you know, for the 4-4 for the four in you, that's not too bad. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Killer Keller podcast coming to you live and direct from central London, as you should all jolly well know by now. If you don't get to know, this is the Killer Keller podcast and we are live and direct. A good friend of mine, he puts a J into the Robinson, Night Bases, <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> the Welsh Wizard. The Welsh Wizard. As, as coined by DJ Zinc himself. Jay Robinson in the building. <laughs> what are you saying? All right. Yeah. Well, nice to be here. It is mad, yeah. I do. I listen to the podcast. It's good to be here. Good to be on it. Dude, I mean, like, when you think about it, it's like you travelled a bit of a way. It's good to know that I'm hitting the high yeah. reaches. Yeah. Mm. It is, yeah. It's quite a journey from Colwyn Bay. Colwyn Bay, which is... North Wales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite a distance away. It's not really the mecca of dance music or any music. Although I will say, like, a lot of the kind of more further field spots, they, they tend to, like... Um, they're, they're magnets for like specific genres, aren't they? Yeah, you, yeah, like the whole Cornwall Aphex Twin thing and you know all that. I think I don't know. I, do you know what it is? I think a lot of places now it, you probably don't get it so much, apart mm. from with like you know like grime and stuff in London. Mm. I think everyone's so well connected now. It doesn't really matter where you're from. Everybody's got yeah, access yeah. to everything all the time. Yeah, and really quick as well. Which is the order of the day. Yeah, instant. Everything's instant now, isn't it? Mm, mm. Did you come up through like a, a the genre of choice? Hey, by the way, for those of you who do not know, like this is Rinse FM affiliate, Zinc affiliate. Night Base is like the bespoke house. You, I mean, you define it. Define the, define the genre. It's just bass heavy house music. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's bass just house music. Because I had this, had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. There's a the thing to you, like I had this conversation with Conrad, and it's like bass music. It's bass music, but then define bass music. It's quite hard to. Yeah, just find. is what it is. It's, it's yeah, it's just bass heavy. I mean, I just like, I just love four four driving beats. Mm. Every so often, I dabble in breaks, but it's not really me that much. Mm. I mean, I do get a lot of people complain about that. I think to me, saying I don't make enough breaks, but to me, it's all about the. The 4-4 four, four thing. Whereas breaks, I love like old hip-hop. To me, that's what a break beat should be used for. Mm-hmm. It's either old hip-hop or cool old jungle. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I like that's mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. For me, what I make personally is, you know, Jay Robinson. That's all 4-4 mm-hmm. four, four driving. It's rhythms. really jacking as well. Like, that's, stuff. yeah. I like a bit of funk in it. Mm-hmm. I find there's quite a lot of, especially now with all this bass house stuff, it's yeah. getting big in America. Yeah, A lot of it's quite static. I'm very just, 
but I like to put, you know, I like a bit of swing in it. Yeah. I like it to sound a bit rubbish as well. I like a bit, like it's like those old 90s hip hop things where they're, mm. you know, you listen to like mm. a Jay Diller, you listen to Donuts Jay Diller and it's mm -hmm. all just rough and all over mm -hmm. the place and something will just come in out of nowhere and hit you in the face and you're like, oh, it's really cool. And yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's funny how the, the Jay Diller like phenomenon is like, how does a guy get away with that <laughs> and I know. make it sound so I know. so natural? And, and some of it is literally just a song rearranged. There's no like he hasn't done anything. Hasn't yeah. really added any drums. Nothing. It's just a song rearranged. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. I, it's the name, isn't it? It's the name. It's the the funk. Yeah. He just cat. He just caught that sound, didn't he? It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Mm. And sounds in it that just don't belong there, like yeah. an alarm sound over a really nice beat going. <laughs> why have you put that in there but it sounds cool it's yeah. weird yeah it's weird it's true and yeah. I think that like I, I know you were saying then just about the kind of um, the crunchiness of what you go for breaks tend to do that I mean like with Amen drum and bass and that mm. they are really I mean they they like layer their amens to yeah. the point of like, yeah. so and it's then nice they, and thick. It's nice and so you don't you don't go down that route with with yours so much, no. I, in my music, I do use a, a large part of how I've achieved my sound, and I I'd like to think it's quite different to other people, because yeah, I, I mean, it, I'm always worried it doesn't sound as good. Mate, it sounds totally so distinctive. Swear down. But then see, that's yeah, that's all part of that's just years of me being completely self-taught. I've done everything myself in Cubase. I haven't really... It's only recently since management have taken me on and, you know, trying to develop me a bit more that I've started learning a lot more, mm -hmm. but through more, you know, learning things, proper production techniques, rather than just what I've figured out to do on my computer in my little studio. Mm -hmm. But what I've done is made this sound by... It is, like you said, layering stuff. There's a lot of layers in my music, and especially in drums. Like, I find if you can get say four, I could have four or five different drum loops that I've chopped up, mm. rearranged, mm. and then kind of melted them. I like my sound to sound like it's kind of gelled together. Mm. Like it's just always been what it is. Like a drum loop. Like could processed be and refined to the point where it's like... It is just what it... It's not like you can tell all the separate parts. It's just a... Because like it sounds minimal. Yeah, I know, but it, there's loads of layers. That's kind of... What you get off on. Yeah, I think... A big kick drum and then just, I mean, I've, there's a certain, pe people who know my production well, especially of the past like six months, I found this snare sample and I can't remember what I, ca I called it in my, I've saved it and it's called like clunker or something. And every time I can make a track, I just can't help but put it in there. Mm -hmm. It's just always in Dude, there. Dude, I have that with beatboxing yeah. all the time. It's, you just know it's a stock sound. But to, no the, to the point you where you think it, to yourself, geez, is anyone else bought it? I'm yeah, not, you know? yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Totally. I think that a lot. And there's a kick drum as well. And yeah. I just reprocess it in different ways. But no matter what you layer it with, it sounds good. And what I is can't. That, is that habit that I haven't cut? Really or is that just like your go to in your sound library? Yeah, I don't. I just like the way it sounds. And there's a kick when I'm looking through kicks. I'll be looking through them. I think yeah, sometimes it'll happen really organically, and I'll just find a kick. Think that's perfect, right? Carry on, carry mm. on making the track. Two hours, it's done or whatever. Mm. Other times, I'm like, that's just not right. And then I'll reach back for this one kick. And if you know my production, you'll know it because you'll have heard it. And it just always, mm. always sounds what I want it, how I want it to sound. But then the problem I get with that is. 
if I make, if I use that kick, don't treat it with anything, leave it exactly how it is on, say, two songs. When I mix them, then you'll get weird phasing issues because the kick's obviously on top of itself, so it tries yeah. to cancel it. Yeah, which yeah, is annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, which also happens with bass as well. You know. It happens with it. Happens with everything. Free, everything. Yeah. I'm sure if people just stick to one sound, I mean, everyone's got their own sound, don't they? Well, yeah. hopefully, yeah, yeah. because that's the that's the whole reason we're doing this, isn't it? To express yourself. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think so, isn't it? But you know, with you, I mean, you just you said a couple of hours to get your things done, but I'm like, like. Once you know your sound library and you know how you best work, those processes, it's, it's almost, um, it almost becomes like second nature, doesn't it? Yeah, it just, it just rolls off. I mean, you get it with... Yeah, I used to do a lot of remixes, and I think I've learned a technique for doing remixes that just... See, I'll usually... I annoy quite a lot of labels and stuff with this because I'll know within 10 minutes of loading parts up whether I'm going to get anything or not. You know, this happened with us before. Yeah, this happened with us before. I, didn't just, it? I just know you just if it's going to work. That, is that intuition measuring up against the, the kind of sounds that you know you 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 work by and yeah. what you're presented with? I I think more than anything. See, my manager Mickey, he always says, "I never really thought of it like this, but this is how it is." I will I'll hear something. It could be anything. I could hear literally a two second spoken word piece of like audio or a drum loop, and then I can hear the whole track in my head instantly. And then I know that's the direction I want to go in. And if either the people who I'm working with aren't happy to go in that direction or I, for some reason it doesn't quite work, that's it then. It's mm -hmm. dead to me. I can't do anything with it. That's why I've got so much music on my hard drive that's just never... Everyone does, but mm. I've got so much stuff that's never going to get finished. And a lot of them I've managed to, you know, recycle things and mm. use them. But now, obviously, I'm going to try. I'm trying to branch out more into working with vocalists and producing for other people. So yeah. I've got so much... I mean, I've got so much down-tempo stuff that's now... I don't know, I've probably sent it to you before. Yeah, you sent me some There's stuff. There's loads yeah. that yeah. I've just never... I mean, it just sits there, doesn't it? It does, it does indeed. There's, there's so much music out there that without... I think a lot of times, well, yeah, there's so much stuff out there that people are just putting anything out. Yeah. And then it's it, like, just, just get it, just it, it just all sits out there instead. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people just say, just get it out, just get it out there. Yeah, but yeah. what's... I know. It's become more about... It's now in music. It seems to be more about all the other stuff and not the actual music itself. The music itself is kind of like a byproduct of Instagram and Twitter. And mm. I mean, I sound like an old man here complaining, but it's, it is a shame because to me, the whole point of doing this... The whole reason I'm doing this is because I like music and I want to make some good music. Mm -hmm. I want to make one good song. That's my, my, I always say it's my aim to make mm -hmm. one good song. But people seem to be more caught up on, you know, generating followers and making sure your socials all mm -hmm. look good and then making sure that that's all branded well, which mm -hmm. I can see is important when it's your, your business and your livelihood is music. You've got to have a presence. I know yeah. that. Yeah. But then and how is... And your fifth fronting's your personality. Yeah. Has to be driven. It surely all comes down to what the music's doing, though. I'll tell you something though. One thing I have noticed, um, like on your Facebook, you, you're always throwing up videos of, mm -hmm. you know, um, and arguably, like if you've got loads of uh, beats that you kind of want to see the light of day, mm. but you want it kind of top and tailed right with the yeah. in a in a brand. Yeah. Associate away like your social media is like Facebook, man. You could like do loads of videos. Yeah, of course. Because then, and then they just become um, these donuts, the Jay Diller donuts of like disposable kind of mm -hmm. stuff that you've done. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that tends to be what what happens is if anybody's watching this who's follow who has me on Facebook anything, yeah. that tend what happens is I, I'll be making something, I'll be really excited about it, and think, hey, do you know what? This is really cool. I'll do it. See what see if anybody else thinks this is cool, because I get in my own head thinking that nah, can't be, it can't be that easy, because I'll have come up with it in like ten minutes, and you think mm. that's really cool, mm. and then I'll do it, keep working on it for a bit, and then I'll just be completely bored of it, and there'll just be that one second where I think, nah, it's done. That's I'm not doing this. And then you scrap the whole thing. So you literally, you you almost like, you, your momentum weakens and you're like, yeah. Meh. Yeah. You it just... has to, usually the harder I work on something and the longer it takes me, the less likely it is it's going to see the light of day. But purely because it didn't happen. Everything seems to happen organically, the songs that I've done that have gone anywhere and done anything, you know? Is that habit or is that? I think it's just the way I like to work. Yeah. I think it's just the way I work. Because you must pull out at least, well at least four or five. If you're working two hours a day and you've got, I don't know, six hours in the studio, your time's precious and you're just, you're knocking them out. You must be knocking quite a few out in any given moment. Uh, yeah. If, just an example of time-wise. I'm not suggesting see, for a I second was... you're a six-hour kind of guy. <laughs> no, a bit longer than that. <laughs> that's, that's, you've got to spend the time in the studio. There's no quick way, is there? No, no, no. I think, um, it's hard to say. I mean, before... Before I stopped working a nine to five, nine to five, I worked shifts. But before I stopped doing that, mm. every every spare moment I had was in the studio yeah. all the time. Mm. So I would get in the studio. I'd be like, right, I'd get home from work at say quarter past eleven at night and think, right, I've got like three hours here. I go for three hours. I'll absolutely hammer it. See what I can do. Go to bed. Get up at seven. Get back in the studio till one, and I'll go back to work. Mm -hmm. And I did that for five years. And it, Woof. I really nailed it, like yeah. nailed the production. But then also the quality suffered because I couldn't spend time on things. And as much as I say I like to finish things quickly, once I've got the whole track there, that to me is basically finished. If I have mm -hmm. to just dip in and do a little bit of mixing on something or mm -hmm. I have to, you know, go and change something, that's easy. That's mm -hmm. not really anything. I don't mm -hmm. class that as doing any work. Like top and tail. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Generating ideas is the hard part. So I would do so much of that. But now I found, since I've stopped working, now my whole focus is in the studio. I mean, I can really, I've really sharpened up my skills and I'm focusing more on, I mean, generating ideas is still obviously paramount because you, without the idea. How easy is it easy. to, yeah, absolutely. How easy is it to come up with ideas on Cubase? Like as a, I mean, I guess you've... <laughs> I imagine it's terrible. <laughs> it's Cubase you use, right? It is Cubase, yeah. yeah. But you don't, you... You what you go outside of Cubase to? Come you, no, no, I I use basically my and this is one thing I'm going to cover in. I've been taken on by Native Instruments as an artist, and they sent me some stuff. Oh, wicked! So I'm going to do a set of tutorial videos, and I'm actually going to go into this. Oh, but what boom! I, huh? So what huh? I do is I have Cubase as like my master program, and then I do use Ableton. We record on Ableton here. I know I'm pointing at it, but you can't see it. Can't see it. Yeah, it can't see itself half the time. <laughs> Strapped up as we can see. <laughs> Well, I use Ableton for like, this is my manager, Mickey's helped me out a lot with this. He's, uh, he's got loads of drum racks in Ableton and stuff, which I use. And then I use a lot of the, I love that feature where you just, you can just drag a vocal in, slice it to MIDI and then it's on the keys, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Unreal. It's yeah, just so it, quick. Dude, that's in Cubase, that would take me all day. Yeah. But Cubase yeah. isn't the quickest. About, that's why I asked about it's the It's not the quickest. Process, yeah. But I've kind of, I've built over the past 10 years that I've been doing this. I've built up a sample library where I just know where everything is now because obviously I've used it for so long. Mm. So there's a thing in Cubase called Media Bay, which I suppose it's just exactly like the browser enabled. Logic's probably got the same thing. Mm -hmm. But that'll 
that's obviously got all my samples in it, so I could just scroll through things really quickly, check them all out. Is that connected to Splice and those other kind of... Uh, well, I do use Splice, but my... I built... We're going deeper and deeper into this. Like, into the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> the Jane Robinson I, rabbit I built, hole. Uh, I built a studio PC. I don't use Win, uh, Mac. I use Mac for traveling and if I'm, you know, my laptop and stuff. So Mac, I've got an iPhone. I love Apple. Hate nice. producing on it. I can't do it. Really? I really hate it. I don't know why. I just hate the feel of it. And I hate the fact that I can't just upgrade it. I can't just open it up. Well, I could, but like if you've got a unibody MacBook Pro, it's a pain in the ass to sort it out. I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I just built a studio PC. I keep upgrading it. So I move everything from Splice and stuff off a of Mac onto my PC first but then arrange it all like that. Oh, okay. So navigating through Splice is a bit awkward for me because I have to plug it in through the side. I do use it. Having two systems, cards. two different systems. Yeah, exactly. But, that, but, then, but then you're committing and you're not... It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like ordering from a grocery store as opposed to going there and browsing. Yeah. You know, you've got what you want. You've gone for specifics. And yeah, you know, I know what I'm having. And, yeah. Mm. You know what you're having for tea? That's it, lad. <laughs> Put tea. I... Uh, yeah, and I, I've got I use battery and stuff as well. Yeah, for a bit of drum processing. Uh-huh. But I've got a template set, which is another thing I, people will see if they ever watch these videos that are coming out. I've got a template set up, so I've got a f- basically group channels, and I use a lot of parallel compression. You know, like they call it New York compression. It's all hip hop producers. Yeah, that's use right. Yeah. Past, so yeah, I use that for all my drums. Yeah. So I've got that automatically set up, and then say like fifteen drum tracks, and I'll drag a load of my drums straight into the window. Mm. What I'll do first, if it's just an original track, if I haven't got an idea, I'll just think, right, I'll just go and get some drums. Go get a load of drums, drag them in. Not listen to them all together or anything. Don't put them in the grid. Just mm. drag them all in, drag them all in. And then once I've got enough and think, right, I can make a cool loop for this, I'll go in, make the loop, chop up, re- you know, Rex files. No. Well, Rex files are amazing. Yeah? Yeah, it's so, the key. Right, okay. What you'll find in sample packs in Rex files, they'll put their best drums in the Rex files, but they don't put them as single samples. But Rex files, when they load up, is like a tiny little folder that in does your the program, program window. Yeah, so when you double-click in it, in Cubase anyway, it opens up and you get all the individual parts then. Fire. So Andy. Yeah, I've used that loads. I've nicked loads of stuff out of Rex files using that. But people wow. don't seem to do it. No. Now they will. Sleepers, <laughs> including me. <laughs> it's a good way of getting loads of stuff quickly. and So that's what I'll do. Chop all the drums up, make a drum loop, and then think, well, you know, what direction am I feeling now? I think, oh, let's get something going. Mm. Now I've got complete control. I mean, that is just, have you used it? No. <sighs> no. Well, talk it to is me unbelievable. About, can I just re- reverse a little bit? So when it comes to... When it comes to your drums, that's that covered. But what about like synths and things like that? Because you know, it's like, in the, especially in the house genre, it's like everything, even the, the smallest tweak on a kick, all of a sudden falls into a some beatport obscurity. Yeah. Like when you're doing yeah. synths and stuff, isn't there like a, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you lean towards synths with the intention that it's, it, you obviously you want it to sound like you and you don't want to be restricted on your creative output? But is there a, particular type of synths that, that fit the order of the day i use a lot of analog stuff i mean out us- of the box yeah you no, well yeah, yeah yeah usually i'll start off <laughs> my absolute like i always have i love and you probably you'll notice it now if you haven't before i love just a sustained pad sound just a whoa yeah you do just running yeah and then i'll have the bass notes playing a melody underneath yeah, yeah. it or some top notes yeah well that's all the juno 106 
And I use oh, really? it because that's like the bed for all my pads. Yeah. And because it's slightly out of, it's a bit knackered and slightly out of tune. I think one of the voice chips on it's a bit dead, but it's slightly out of tune so that when it layers with everything else, it gives it kind of like a wonky sound, which people. Oh, he's know. really laying cats out bags right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, that's people. Well, you can't no one's replicate. got my Juno. Yeah, so. you can't replicate that. <laughs> no one will ever, yeah, no one will be able to copy it. And the nimble fingers. Well, yeah. Or rather, the sustained also, uh, fingers. That's it, just <laughs> hold on cord forever. Uh-huh. But I've actually figured out now, and I didn't know if something else I'll cover, I didn't know if this was a well-known thing, I haven't searched, that I can use the complete control to control all my hardware. So it means that on complete control, when you go into the browser... You can set scales and stuff, so you've just got one finger chords mm. or arps. You can play arpeggiators just by holding right. the keys down and stuff. Yeah. Well, I figured out how to actually use that within the software to control hardware to come back in to Cubase, which is powerful now because now I can have like, I've got my stock pads that I like, and one of them is just like a Halion thing, like a choir sound. I love that sound. So I'll have that loaded up inside complete control yeah. and then I'll have complete control routed to my Juno, to my K-Station and to my Korg MS-2000. And then back on itself. Yeah. And then I can have literally four synth sounds all playing off just one finger. There's a chord. playing live back into itself. Yeah. So I can have those chord sustained yeah, pad sounds you hear. It's just me now. Now it is. It didn't used to be. I used to have to do everything one by one. Yeah. But now it's just hold one note and that's it. I've got a whole... A whole breakdown Orchestral there. kind of... Yeah. And then I've also... You can then use that MIDI, put it to another complete control, send that to an arpeggiator, run that back to the Juno. So once all those pads have finished recording, I can record an arpeggiator off the Juno and just layer that in. It's just so quick. Oh, that's right. This is... Yeah, I think... That's that's with a little bit of back-end uh, theory. You then... you That would normally take you like... Would definitely take me at least an hour... To be like going through all those components and then, you know, layering them up. Yeah, to all yeah. Order, it used to be order. the same for me, mate, honestly. And then now it's just, yeah, it's it, technology is incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. But usually, yeah, that's my synths will start with the Juno. If I'm going to go for something like with a breakdown or, uh, you know, chords, mm. if I'm going just for bass, I've kind of got, I've kind of developed like a, this is over the, the years I've been doing this. I've developed a plug-in chain that basically mm-hmm. I use on every bass element I've got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like my that's secret, secret weapon. weapon, yeah. That's your, that's, your, that's your special diner's drive-ins and dives ingredient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mama's, Mama's uh, made. Yeah, and I think there's a few plugins on there that are probably... I mean, I'll have like just for a single... Like I, I like kind of old trancey sounds that are like a little sounds and then make them into a riff Mm-mm. like that you wouldn't believe the amount of processing I'll put on one of them and it, all it is is just a boop sounds that'll go boop 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 or just nothing you know just a well, riff way up and it's so up simple you mean. yeah but mm. it sounds so simple but the amount of processing on it I'm not very uh, economical when it comes to processing mm. but this is the joy of having a PC that I can upgrade mm. because RAM's just infinite isn't it infinite, yeah. so it doesn't matter yeah which is nice. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, with with such processing on the smallest details, what you end up actually having down is a is a, a distilled, filtered, all encompassing sound mm. with the snares and the kicks, the drums, yeah, all to back it. That is, that's the ultimate aim, isn't it? 
is that the ultimate aim for you that you you have something that is so well refined and everything's been treated you know where it's come from you know here and it's got that Jerry Robinson stamp do you know what the main aim for me is to not I don't want to overthink it like I don't I don't I love all types of music and I'm going to sound really, you know, mm. shitty here on mm. certain things. But I've got no time for sitting tuning a kick drum mm. for two hours to make it sit right in a techno track. That, mm. to me, is not what making music is about. <laughs> yeah. For me. Yeah, for some people, it is. 110%. Some people, it is. Those people, credit to you, because yeah. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I just want to get in there, make something that I like, and do it in a way that feels organic and feels like I'm not just forcing it. Like do people like second-guess that when they are so kind of like you seem very much in control of that but do you think some people over that's why they go into clinically like breaking down a snare is it? I think people just think that they have to do it I think people think that they that there's a way to make music there is one way and obviously I mean by now surely we've all learned there isn't mm. you can listen to some I mean you'll you'll listen to like old Bessie Smith or you know, old recordings of jazz and stuff, and it sounds crap. Mm. Like it's been the recorded. The right. Exactly. It sounds like mm. it's been recorded in a bucket, yeah. and like somebody's going whoosh all the way through it. But it's it's good yeah, because the content is there. There's something there. There's a feeling there that works. Mm. And to me, that's what it's all about. Is Energy. that just that? Yeah, that feeling that that vibe that you get off something. And I kind of feel like I've nearly got. I mean, I, I think you could tell if it was my song. But I'm kind of chasing that thing where you instantly know it's me and it couldn't be anyone else because nobody mm. else could do that. You know, like when you hear an Aphex Twin record and you just, you know, mm. there's no way you're listening to that mm. and thinking, oh, I wonder who this is. Yeah, yeah. You know it's Aphex Twin. It's true. Because it is. Or Flying Lotus is the same. Yeah. yeah. Actually, His production yeah. is Dude, uh, yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And you know the second you hear it, oh, that's got to be him. Is that a producer's perspective? Like, i got a feeling everyone would know what a Dre record would sound like. Yeah. You just know they're so mm. clean. Yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon that's from a, a producer's producer's point of view? Yeah, probably. Mm. It probably is. It. I mean, you know yourself when you make music, you listen to music differently. Yeah. It changes the way you listen to things. Yeah. All and, things. Yeah, it's true. And a lot of the time, you think, "How did they do that? How does that sound so good?" Mm. That's usually what I'm thinking. Mm. Especially when you hear minimal, like, like Dre's stuff. Some of it is quite minimal. Like, is it Lightspeed on the 2001 album? I know he only uses, like, four channels. And it's just, like, it, all it is is a guitar just going bim, 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 yeah. bim, bim, and a beat and then a synth. That's it. Uh, and it just sounds so full. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, it's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes when you put those old records on, you know, you chuck them on, like, monitor speakers, sometimes when you listen to them for what they are, mm -hmm. they're so minimal. So wide. So, yeah. like, you hear the things yeah. that you wouldn't hear in a club and you're like, Jesus, that, that's what I've been dancing to for the last Yeah, eight. and it bangs in a club. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what a lot of old Dilla stuff's like when you listen to it. And old Busta Rhymes. Yeah. I was listening to, um, is it still shining off the coming? The, Jay Dilla, the one Jay Dilla yeah, produced. Yeah, 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 and, like, yeah. every single bar's yeah. different and, like, a weird flow. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to that on my monitors and thinking... That's an awesome tune. Amazing. Yeah. One yeah. of my favourites, that. I was thinking, why... Like, that doesn't sound particularly mixed very, like, particularly well. Yeah, other tracks on this album sound banging. Whoa, yeah, like but way this ahead track has got so much, like, the feeling in it. Mm. But to me, that's what humans, it's imperfection, isn't it? Everything's yeah. imperfect. Because what happens is your brain fills in the gaps. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And that's what I think is the, the appeal of, like, old samples, is when you listen to, like, an old, 
an old record, like an old hip hop record, saying it's, mm. it's used to sample or jungle. You, you're right. Your brain fills in those gaps and makes it sound really mm. good. When in actual fact, it probably doesn't sound that good in a lot yeah. of ways. Like you know, the first tune on that that album on the Jay Dilla one with the Buster on it, with the yeah. the bees tune. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god! Like you could barely hear the kick. It just sounds like stomping. Yeah, it's just rude. On a speaker, on a laptop speaker, it's yeah. just nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's a big fill in the gap moment when you're just like, hold on a minute. It's mad, isn't it? This is, yeah. And then also when you, when obviously when we were listening to these things like growing up, you didn't. I could listen to something like kids do now. Download it off YouTube. It sounds absolutely terrible mm. quality in that. But mm. who cares? They don't mm. care. No. They're listening to Darkzy on their phone with their mates. Out, you know, having a few pints of cider behind someone's yeah they don't house. care yeah. no they just want the vibe of the track to yeah. be there and again that's why sound quality does i mean if you're going to go down the ultra professional route and be like that that's cool but all the consumer cares about is yeah. the vibe of the track and it? it's vibe that's it's, what you need yeah, that's speed. the spark that's the yeah that's the thing that's the thing that will set you apart is the vibe of your music not yeah. the sound quality of your kick drum or yeah, how well it's side chained to your bass or 100% i mean yeah, I, I I probably say that's partly out of, you know, incompetence in a way, because I'm just <laughs> setting my ways. And it's only, like I said, it's only recently that I've really started focusing on more traditional production techniques, just because I want to have everything in my arsenal. I want to be able to do, mm. you know, I want to be able to, I get quite a lot from people I work with. I mean, a lot of people won't have heard most of the music I've produced because it never, you know, no one hears it. My management hear it and they've, you know, we're trying to write stuff, different things, but they mm. were trying to do more down-tempo stuff. And, you know, I... How many tunes do you set aside before sending to your management? How many do you give them at a time? Because, like, you know, this is law of average time now. Well, you know, now, you... now it's turned into a... It'll be at least every day they get something. But something, yeah. Before, when we were compiling everything, getting everything together and seeing what we've got and what we can work with, I don't know how much music's in there. Mickey's... Mickey has just organised He's probably going out DJing at the moment. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's check out my new tunes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not that brave. How much <laughs> of them, how much of them, because um, you, you talk about the, the speed in which you work and then giving them to your management and stuff, how many of these are fully fledged, like uh, in terms of arrangement and layout? Um, well, one... Th this is where I have to be careful what I say. <laughs> this is why I'm asking you. Yeah, because <laughs> some of it, obviously, I'm helping other people out and stuff. You know, we're all, it's a team. Mm, I'm going to do my best to do the best for the team. Yeah, so man. some of these things have that. been finished. But most of the time, what will happen is, I think I wrote one in, basically, I was doing a remix for someone. I won't mention who it is. I was doing a remix for someone and the remix got rejected. So... Me and Mickey were talking about it and saying, you know, I was like, well, I feel like the track could be better anyway. I don't feel like it's like the best thing I could have done. She so was like, oh, well, right, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll send it, we'll we'll get some vocals for it and see what we can, see if we can get something going with it. And again, it is literally just one of those ideas that's a single pad sustained with some bass notes and stuff. So it's not the, probably not the easiest thing for a singer to write to because there's no, one nothing to go on. Is. Yeah. But then I've ended up getting two acapellas back, which I've already used and finished for two other tracks that aren't that. Okay. So th this is this is, seems to be the way it's working. I'll be writing all these ideas, regardless of what they're for, and then we'll, I, I'm able to use them to generate other ideas. 
Acapella is the person that it was originally for. No, no, just to- someone totally different. We've sent it out to some songwriters, right? And, and they've, they've come back with acapellas. Yeah, and they've said, "This is what I've written. What do you think?" And then I've gone and turned that into a two. Now I've had two full tracks finished, and both of them. I think the first one. I think both of them were finished within like one day each. It's kind of the order of the day, isn't it? Mm. The whole acapella to a completely off the wall instrumental. Yeah, and then you would use that to make something else. To me, that's like that's the art of remixing. Yeah, and that's where most people, myself included, practiced when you started. Yeah, because when you started out, you you had when I started out, especially there was no there were no YouTube tutorials. There was mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. I wish there had been, but there was nothing. So you thought, right, where am I going to get vocals from? Right, then we'll have to search LimeWire or something for some samples, or we'll yeah. have to go through YouTube samples or. Uh, for samples or buy used to buy CDs off eBay. Yeah. Used to go on eBay and type in acapella CD, and then you get a CD back with loads. Used of to get them off like the magazines. And yeah, yeah, things yeah. Like that. yeah. Not anymore so much. Yeah, and then that's <laughs> you would basically practice by making bootlegs of all the songs you loved. So then you've learned yeah. the art of remixing from that and how to figure out how to put keys to or put like melodies to vocals. Yeah. And, and then it becomes ingrained within the musical process. If the yeah, bona fide exactly. version, exactly. Um, the yeah. most poignant tune um, it springs to mind. Um, do you remember Switch did that tune, Still Love You? Do you remember that tune? <gasps> that for me was like, she couldn't have sung on that. Mm-hmm. That was totally an acapella on, on a banging beat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this no, was like, weird, boy, that, that for me kind of changed the game when I think back now to what kind of was defined. Mm-hmm. God, I love Switch. I oh, know, Switch is a bad man. I, I, his name comes up quite a few times. In, in Did you hear that Shaka Khan thing he's just done? No, he's but like, I heard he doing stuff. It's with cool. Khan. It's really cool. Toddlers. It's it's really out there. One really? Of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Is it out there? Is it like what? Weird. Yeah. But cool. He's. I th- I think it's people like you see. That's part of how I got into house music because I was DJing like. I started off with hip hop because I'd love. I've always loved hip hop and like old school hip hop's like my thing. Mm. And then after that, I mean, I don't look like it. I don't look like I should be listening to old school hip hop, skinny little Welsh fella. Dude, <laughs> I don't know how old you are, where you're from, but you, 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 you've got a mind of experience. Uh, well, yeah. Put it that way, yeah. you, you, you know. As you were, sorry. Yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, yes, um, yeah, hip DJing, and then then I was DJing like um, bonkers, happy hardcore and stuff. Mm. I was mad, intense. And this and is then, what growing up around kind of North North Wales. North yeah. Wales was a big happy hardcore thing, and I yeah, think I was a bit. I was a Put bit a late donk for on it. it. Yeah, I loved all that. I was a bit late for it, I think. And then this was when I was like sixteen. When I was about fifteen, it was hip hop. And sixteen, seventeen, I was trying to do stuff with bonkers and happy hardcore and all that. And then for I, this is really cringe, but I was in. Uh, in HMV in Chester, which is like the nearest, when we were kids, the nearest city to go to was Chester. Just a little bit out of the road, isn't it? Yeah, that was like, you know, 40-minute train ride. That was like, you know, I'm I'm a big boy now. I can go to Chester and I can spend some time in the city. They've got a HMV there. We haven't got one where yeah, we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd go in. And I, I was looking through all the dance compilations because that was what I would do is buy dance compilations because I didn't have that much money. So when I bought a dance compilation, I would just mix the tracks off it, even though they're already mixed, and just be like practicing it. There's loads of records on here. I could just loop stuff and mix it. It doesn't matter. That's awesome. Because it didn't matter, does no, it? No, of really? course it doesn't. Hey, listen, this is think... what people do now. This yeah, is exactly, the thing. yeah. Now you, you don't really... That's awesome. It was a long time with DJ and dance music before I even realised unmixed versions of records were a thing. It was before I started buying vinyl and stuff properly, because I was only buying hip-hop vinyl. I never really bothered with dance music vinyl that much until I got to about 17, 18. And then 
Saved yourself some money when you as well. Yeah, but, you know. yeah lost it all now. Yeah. But yeah, all the vinyl's gone. I've got vinyl still, but not the original. Some of the last, well, there's another conversation. Some of those hip-hop American <sighs> imports. I had Cannibal Ox, the... Um, what's the album called? Their first album. Oh, the one on Rawkus. Something Vain. The, the grey cover. I can't yeah. what it's called I now. forgot what it's called. I know the one Something you mean. Something Vain, is it? I can't remember. But yeah, bought that. That's yeah. worth loads now. Uh-huh. Don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah. Don't know where that ended up. But yeah, so I, I randomly... I was in HMV looking around these CDs and I randomly bought one called... Uh, it was a Ministry of Sound Sessions, Nasty Dirty Sex Music. And being like a you know, 16, 17-year-old lad, I was like, yeah, that's the one I want. That's cool. Got that. And that was where I first heard Switch. It was that remix of the Audio Bullies. Yeah, dude. That, just, that, that CD just changed it for me. Changed everything. People sleep on the Audio, Audio Bullies, man. They were bad even still, Yeah, even still. Yeah. Still are. just done stuff with Hervé, haven't they? And are they? Yeah. I haven't checked um, this stuff for a minute. Yeah, as soon as I heard that, people like Jesse Rose, A-Side, did love, love that record. As soon as I heard all that, it was like... House music all the way, and then yeah, it kind of just developed from there. I was completely obsessed with Switch. I, mean, I saw him in Liverpool. It was like a screaming little girl. I saw him twice. And he was just. I remember it was when it was when Ableton had just people were first starting to use Ableton, and Switch used it. And he was playing it. I think was it Chibuku or Circus? I can't remember which one it was now. Either or. This is like ten years ago now, Mm-mm. and uh, he was playing on Ableton. His laptop crashed, so in the middle of the set, it just went because the audio driver had gone, and obviously it's yeah. ear splitting sound. Yeah, and like, yeah. He went in his bag, got a stack of CDs out that weren't labeled. There was no like cases or nothing, just a stack of CDs, and just started playing off CDs instead. Yeah. And then just sm- he smashed it. Still, I'm telling you, dude, like, those Unreal. are the kind of things that uh, you know um, heroes are made of in the club. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, now we've got emergency loops and all that. It didn't used to have that. Uh, I think when me and when I one of my I've first got a beat gigs, box. whenever it goes wrong, it's just quick. Yeah, yeah, just go way yeah. <laughs> straight on it. Yeah, that's yeah. I wish I could do that. I, just go, <laughs> I think people would love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my first gigs with a friend of mine, we were like a DJ and duo, and what we would it's do. Is, name? What were they called? Twiglet and Enzyme. I was Twiglet because I was just so ridiculously skinny and he just like the name Enzyme. You won't have heard of him because they never did. We, we played like maybe five or six gigs or something, maybe a few more. Any, yeah. What we used to do is, because I was better at like, you know, the, the effect side of it and all the mixing, uh-huh. I would do that and he was so good at beat matching that he would do the beat matching. This so was all so, on records yeah. at the time. So like similar to the Stanton Warriors kind of thing. Was so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, do you know they were the first DJs I ever saw live? That's another another <laughs> conversation. I, we um we were playing in this bar near where I lived in Colm where I lived in Colm Bay with my parents. And we were playing. Do you remember Firewire? Cosmic yeah, yeah. is it Cosmic Gate? Firewire? Oh no! no who I makes don't. who makes it? And it goes Firewire. That anyway, it's like a big build up, and then it just goes Firewire. Like in the middle, you know, on, totally on its own. And then it drops. Well, we'd bought this record, didn't realise it. Played it, it looped on the Firewire. <laughs> so we could never get to the drop. It's like, we are never getting out of this. <laughs> so you just instantly had to find another drop and then just drop it in instead. But, you know, just things like that, you don't... You wouldn't have to contend with that now. Yeah, because no, as soon right. as it went wrong, the CDJ would just go, Ooh, emergency loop. Yeah. And you would have a perfect 30-second or 15-second loop there to mix out of. See, and for those of you that don't know that, and you're probably wondering why you're still on dance floor now. Yeah, still not <laughs> Still not dropped. Still going. Yeah. Place is closed going. down now, that's probably why. Yeah, it's, it's, still waiting it's still, for the drop, isn't it? Still playing, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Actually, that's where we first, like, 
hooked up, wasn't it? First time we met properly is today. Yeah. Officially. But yeah, well, never in London. But yeah, yeah, but we've corresponded on the phone a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah. And uh we met with cursive uh, Stanton Warriors. Yeah. Who we now know is as an understanding that you was that was the first time you saw a live DJ outfit? The These must first have been mad. I ever saw, yeah. That must have been mad working with him. I don't think they know it. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to make him feel old. <laughs> I said, oh, first, on, time I ever, first time I ever went out and I saw you, Dom. I love you. Love uh-huh. you Mark. Hey, you're not the only one. Um, uh, who did I? Nick Bridges. Oh, yeah. From Body Rocks. Uh-huh. He had the same, it, same yeah. thing. I mean, it was, I remember it clear as day seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> And you talk about the business, and the, you know, because you're you've you've collaborated with a bunch of different people, um, yeah. and you've spent a lot of time home in your craft. At what point does these multiple heads come in where you've got to think about yourself as a commodity, as self as oh, well. I've, got, <laughs> I've got to get the rent for this week. What am I going to do? Yeah. I've got to stop doing this music. Um, this is only quite recent for me. Quite recently, I've really screwed my head on and understood. The, because basically my whole ethos behind doing this is look if the music's not good enough then I'm not going to get anywhere yeah, yeah. so the music has to speak for itself at its core yeah because mm-hmm. that's that's the whole point of mm-hmm. doing this mm-hmm. is the music there's no point in I mean I I'm not going to sit on Instagram and show you everything I've eaten for the past 24 hours mm-hmm. and show you where exactly where I am and what I'm doing today I, that's just not me mm-hmm. that's just not me And it's only recently that I've understood that there is a large part to this industry. Arguably, it's now become more important than the music, which is the business side, which Mm -hmm. includes, you know, social media and everything. And it's only recently that I've really realised that. I was quite naive, I think, because I'm I'm 30 now. And I've been doing this for well over, I mean, DJing like 15 years, Mm. but making music probably properly like 10 years. It's funny, isn't it? Because when I I think of like your... your, um you know look outside looking in your persona online it's it's one of reputability in the sense that you it's almost like your anonymity especially in house music especially in the genre mm. it actually plays key like back in the day i wouldn't know what a sasha looked like no I'd barely know what a todd terry looked like until no you know, know. something felt yeah. good in his soul do I you know what i mean the, you're, you're right you hit on something though the mystery's gone it's going it's going i think for, i don't for, think for there's any Obviously, there's there's acts who purposely hide themselves, you know. Mm. And I think it was, I was speaking to um, Todd Edwards recently about this and saying that uh, he was saying, you know, he speaks to Daft Punk and that. And he'd, we'd hit on it the same as he'd hit on it with Tom A from Daft Punk, that mm. the mystery's gone. There's no, like, everything's just there for you. It's like there's an artist, there's an artist you really like 
you can see everything about their mm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, what you think their life is, mm-hmm. it's all there. You'll see everything they're doing all the time, constantly. It's like the Kardashians, it's just flung in your face what they're doing all the time, you know, how important mm-hmm. their life is. And But I, to me, that's... Again, it's just a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not real. None of it's... <clears throat> I don't need to be... I don't need to be this big persona and everything. You know, I don't need, I don't want to stand in front of a load of people going, look at this, look at me, I am great. Mm-hmm. I just want to make a record I like and share it with people. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's the essence of music, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, like the... the the people that deal the back end of the, the technicality, like, I mean, we spoke about this just before camera, like you, you, you relish that. Mm. Like you're, you're, you're very much a, a brainiac of like behind the scenes stuff. And you're quite happy to let, let that go. Yeah. This is, this is one thing my management said about me. Yeah. I'm quite, I just want to do what's best for, Unless I'm really, you know, set on it and it's my thing and it's my baby and I want to release it, I'm so, I'm more than happy to do what's best for the record mm. because to me that's the point, isn't it? Sharing music. There's yeah, no it point. It takes in... the ego away, and then you... yeah, Which is I can't something... understand that when people are my name has to be on this. Yeah. And I, I I don't really I don't really care if you know who I am or not. Mm. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. Mm. I, you know, I'm not walking around thinking, yeah, look at look at them. Look at me. Yeah. Mm. I'd love it if you all just recognise me. I'm not bothered. It doesn't. I'd rather not be known. I'd rather be that person in the back. Mm. This. I probably should have DJed with a mask on. Should have gone down the Jaguar Skills route. No one yeah. had known who I, who I was. Yeah. But even then, I don't mm. have the confidence to do that because I think that takes some some bucks to do that. But you're DJing down here. Yes, tonight. Yeah, yeah. tonight it's the UKF night base thing. Yeah. Nice, nice. That's a regular yeah, cool. thing for theirs, isn't it? <clears throat> I don't. Really, I think UKF do the on air like the live thing quite regularly. But yeah. obviously, night base is. That's a, it's American, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But obviously they, they need to get it more over here, I think. And I think that is the plan. Yeah. But they're sold out, so they must be doing something right. I think AC Slate has created, yeah, he's created a monster. Tearing, tearing. And then Fair got, play to him, he's yeah. a good lad. And Jack Beats can be there too? Yep, Jack Beats can be there, yeah. Boys. First time meeting him. Yeah. Oh, well, you're actually, I played with him once in a town near mine, but I didn't really get to speak to him. Cause obviously Tell Benny I say hello, won't you? I will do. That's yeah, my boy. Do. He used to live just down there. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah, isn't it? Actually, yeah. You're yeah. all just in this little area. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? I know. It is mad. There's no one where I live. Yeah, but you know Although what? Although Chris Lake used to come to... This is a weird story. Go on. Where I lived with my parents, Chris Lake, who's now become a friend, he's a really nice guy, he's... This is how I know all this, is he... He used to work, like, make music with two fellas. He lived two doors down from my mum. And I would see his car outside all the time. He had, I think it was a purple Ford Escort or something, or Ford Mon- something. And he would always come down, and this was just before he'd made changes, and then obviously he made changes, and he blew up, and his what? life changed forever. Yeah. But yeah, weird. That's that mad. Come, yeah, weird. Actually, there are a couple of other house guys that are um, uh, just near you, in St. Helens, near St. Helens, I think. Yeah, you, that's not you too know, far. The Who? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're right. just over there. Yeah, that's not too far. Yeah. I, I tend to be quite isolated where I am, but which, which again, I think, lends to the way I've developed my sound over time, because... Just on my own in my little studio, yeah. in my little world, totally. figuring stuff out, and that's kind of the way. That's kind of the way it should be. Yeah, you know? I think. Yeah, obviously, yeah, everyone just do what they do. Yeah, be happy doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the Jay Robinson. Thank you for coming much. down, brother. Thank you. No so problem. Much for Thank you for having me. It's been it's been great. Yeah, it's been good. What a good chat. Yeah, we had a good chat. Was that an hour? 
Oh, it's we're we're ahead of we're ahead of the game on this one. Wow, yeah. that was good. Yeah, man. Stay lucky, people. Killer Keller podcast. You know it. Yeah. Yeah.